good. Welcome, Ollie. So good to see you. And it's been a long time. I think it was the 6th of November, the last time we recorded our chats. Oh, and was <laughs> that was just after the um, just after the uh, US election, but it hadn't been called. Yeah. Um, and yes, a lot has happened. We're in the final stages of Brexit. And of course, you have been in the sufferings of the COVID and now it's so good to see you. So we're going to talk today and we're going to ramble because we haven't seen each other for so it's long. It's been a while. <laughs> and it's good to catch up. It has. I don't know where we'll go with it, but welcome if you listen to our podcast. And uh, yeah, let's get started. Let's go. So. Here we go. And how are you feeling now? So, okay, feeling much better. I th so I think the last time we spoke would have been after I had COVID, um, but not long after. So I was maybe two or three weeks after my the infection. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of felt better, but then I had a bit of a drop. Um, and uh, But yeah, kind of getting, uh, as I say, I still have a couple of things like fatigue, um, but I'm able to go out running, which I, I realise sounds a bit, contradictory that you can go out running but you feel tired it's like yes because the fatigue hits me more than uh is carried around with me all day but um but yeah feeling much better and back at work and getting back on with uh with life and getting angry at weird people that exist in the same world that, that we exist in how are you doing <laughs> yes we're, we're working we've had some very difficult work that we probably took because we weren't sure where the next job was coming from. Yeah. And in a non-COVID world, we probably wouldn't have taken. So we learn from our mistakes. I think we're still here. We wouldn't have survived without the government support. That's clear now. Okay. And we're just hoping that we can um, keep going until we get out the other side. And we, we're optimistic that our industry, film industry productions, set production will come back and you know we'll we'll be able to get back and going so it's been nerve-wracking in many ways from the business side of things um but I am actually back now at my office which is good because I've got that's my good. own bathroom facilities so that's much better <laughs> and I uh, don't have to share with the boys anymore and I'm so happy filthy about that. boys filthy boys filthy boys horrible horrible and of course, we're watching. We're we're sitting in our chairs and watching America uh, after their election, and we're waiting for our Brexit outcome, which is any minute now. So it's quite um, on tenterhooks. I find myself a bit. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? It's funny because I I'm very calm about so to say there's an order the American election. I think that we all expected that Donald Trump wasn't going to go. Oh, okay, fair play, he won. Um, he was, you know, signposting towards calling voter fraud and mailing ballots and all that from maybe a year ago, you know, if not longer. Mm. Mm. And I think it feels like the American system is still working. You know, he's trying to take it to courts. Courts are saying, where's the evidence? They're not giving the evidence. So I think the last hurdle, which I don't think will be a hurdle, is the Electoral College and getting the electoral votes. Because once the electoral votes are in, that's it. Nothing more can be done, as, as far as I'm aware. You know, there's there's no challenges, there's mm -hmm. nothing else. Because 
even if, and I, I don't think there was, and I, in fact, I'm pretty sure there wasn't, but even if there was fraud and everything else, just by the American Constitution, the minute those electoral votes are made, that's the result. You know, it's not, it's antiquated, but it's not the people that vote for the president, it's the electoral votes, and the electoral votes are decided by the people. But, um, mm. And then it's just waiting, isn't it, until the, the is it the 21st, 22nd of January. Um, but I think that's going to mm. happen and he'll make a lot of noise and everything else. But then the adults will be back in the room. So I'm I'm actually much calmer about that <laughs> than I was maybe before the election, where it's like, you know, let's not be too complacent. And yeah. we've got to make sure that, yeah. that, uh, that, that people still vote not for Trump with Brexit. Before you move on, of to course, Brexit, yeah. Can I just say, um, the the numbers were amazing in the election. The outcome of the, uh, you know, the eighty. What was what was it? Biden got eighty million or eighty one yeah, million? Yeah, just over eighty million, I think. Yeah, and Trump was what seventy three million. No, he I was think? more than that. He was about seventy seven million, I think. Oh, what did I say? Seventy three. I think it was about seventy seven, oh, yeah, seventy eight million. Yes, because his 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 That's even his vote was more than any other presidential yes. candidate has ever got before, let alone the winner. It just so happens that he so, got it on the year that somebody else got a little bit more than him, and that was Joe Biden. Yes, and so they're pointing that to the fact that a lot of people had got more into politics because of lockdown and because of COVID, and because they were sitting at home listening to the news more than they would have been in previous years. And that's part of the reason why there was such a large turnout of voters. Yeah. Is that your well, view? Well, that and, you know, I'm, I'm no expert in these things. I also think just having been with somebody when they voted by mail abroad, um, voting in a Californian um, district, and what the ballots look like. So you have the presidential ballot, but you also have all of the, you know, any Senate seats, any um, House seats. But then you also have a lot of stuff which is a bit alien to to me in that you vote for all of these kind of state laws and almost like loads of little referendums. But these referendums or referenda, I think you can use both, um, are worded so specifically that sometimes you don't know if you're voting for or against something because it's it's very double speak or you know it may have been the question has been written by lobbyists so they kind of almost want to trick you into it's it's really convoluted so i'm used to if you say that our most important election is the general election every five years unless something goes wrong we go in occasionally you might have to queue for 10 minutes but you go, yeah. you you get a, you um, give them over your thing, but you don't even have to do that. You can just give them your name and address and they mark you off of the paper. Mm. And then you go yeah. to your booth and you put an X against who you want. If it's a busy election, you might also have to choose, a, you know, your local councillor. <laughs> but it's usually a maximum yeah. of two things that you're voting on. You put your X in yeah. and you walk out. To fill out this American ballot, and I've done it a couple of times now, I'm sorry, calm down. I've not filled it out, but I've been there when, when the person eligible for voting has, has You're it. Has You're done the it. voter I board. am the voter for it. So I've been able to experience <laughs> what it is and what you're looking at. To do that sat in your own living room took maybe an hour. What? 
because you're not just voting for that one thing and it's not just now you know you have to read the proposition now you may have done all your research before and you know what all these things are now you have the option of not doing that but the whole process the whole process of voting for the president takes a long time if you do it properly so i think because there has been more options of mailing ballots so you can sit at home and you can read through the whole ballot and you can read down ballot and you can understand if you want to what it is that you're looking at and you can you can i, th I think it enables people to vote or enables people to be willing to vote because mm. you see the lines at in-person voting you can be waiting mm. for an hour two hours three hours four hours and then you've got to go mm. and it takes you a long time and that is for my eye having a system designed like that is voter suppression I because see. it is stopping people from voting and because honestly the ballot paper is so again we have the person's name, the person's party, and then you even you you have the logo of the the party that they are mm. um, standing for, whatever that is, be it a pound mm. for UKIP or be it a rose for Labour, whatever. But you have that there, and then you have a box to put your X in wherever you, against that candidate. I often wonder that if you have people that are less able to process all of that information be that either through a learning difficulty or be that just because they're not the best readers or be that because you know people attention span or that and that's not to cast any aspersions on anybody that might fall into those categories but i think you put people off of voting when you make the more complicated you make it because you don't want to go and feel stupid or you don't want to go and and have to ask questions or or even just the thought of having all of that in front of you is, mm. you know, causes anxiety and can cause um, cause yes. you to go, do you know what, I'm just not going to bother. So I think giving people time at home and not feeling pressured and not, not having to wait outside and take a whole day off of work and everything else, they can do it in their own time, mm. I think that also helps. And I think that then helps people of all different communities that are traditionally suppressed by the traditional system it encourages them to vote as well and i think that makes a big difference to, to turn out and mm. also to probably um vote share i'm i think you're right i would feel very anxious if i i'm terrible at reading forms yeah. i have absolute i have form blindness i will you know terrible really bad yeah. and for unforgivably bad at reading forms and almost to a point of anxiety you know overwhelming anxiety so if i had to decide that but what's been interesting is is the there's been a bit of a sort of a spread of voting so not all the way through um as i've heard from democrat all the way down through the line so i think there's been more sort of specific down ballot voting across the parties yeah. which is interesting and also i think you know it's like somebody must have said um if if it was all fraud why wouldn't they just be all democrats <laughs> you know why would they have elected a republican council why have they not or, won the house or, and the or, senate straight off yeah. you know and also why, why wouldn't, wouldn't they, have they done it in a way that it puts it without question on the night of the election you know, why yeah. were we still having to wait for a result four or five days later? Because, you know, if if it is fraud, they are so incompetent, it's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Well, I've listened and listened and listened to as much as I can about all of these things that they've been bringing. And all of them are just like hearsay. It's hearsay and, and what, what they... It's almost wishful thinking. Exactly. And what they present in front of the press, which to the right ears can sound appealing and sound like, well, this is definitely something going on. They don't present it in court where facts and evidence yes. are, are are the centre cornerstone of... Centre yeah. cornerstone? Can you have a centre cornerstone? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. um, but it, it's kind of the centre of... The cornerstone of the centre. Of any system. Um, yes. And, yeah, and, and so when it actually comes to it ever being tested or questioned... It falls down usually at the first hurdle. You know, I don't think there's any mm. of their cases that look close to getting to the Supreme Court, let alone. Yeah. No, and Trump's been having his rallies and trying to, well, you know, cult leader, amping up his uh, followers who like to invest in him the authority that what he says is true. Uh, why wouldn't they? They think, you know, he's the leader. He's been the president. And they believe what he says is true. And he stands there and tells them all this bullshit. And they, there's no mediation. It's just him and them. And he puts himself on Facebook. And he's, he's getting away with that. But that's what he's done all the way through his presidency from the minute he, as it's often phrased, came down the golden escalator. Because... When you hear his his reasons or, or, you know, one of his 20 press secretaries that have been there over the time, when they're asked about his use of Twitter, they say it's his way of getting around the media. They're, they're very open about it. It's his way of getting his message out there. But the trouble is that means he's putting out whatever he wants to say unchallenged, unquestioned, without any um, scrutiny. And then the scrutiny comes to other people like the press secretaries and they'll go well you know the president feels that but he the media he then does go on will be friendly media like fox and friends or you know oan or newsmax or whoever these the, all these organizations are jumping up suddenly so he never ever ever gets publicly questioned and when he does he walks out of interviews or he gets very short you know yeah. the minute it happens and so his that's a horrible It's question. what he's always done, and that's what he gets to do at those rallies, is he gets to have it, he gets to say what he likes, and knowing that he will have people cheering what he says as well, and chanting, and saying that we love you, and four more years, and stop the steal, and, and all of that is about how it looks, but he can do it all unquestioned. But it's now got to the point where it's dangerous, you know, it's dangerous. And, mm. and the one thing, I think we've said it in this podcast before, but the one thing we have to be careful with is while he's sowing all of this doubt and this, you know, this this vitriol and this um, hatred and and I think eventually violence, is that even if he doesn't run in twenty twenty four, even if he 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 disappears now and we never hear from him again, there are seventy seven people, seventy seven seventy seven million or seventy eight million people that still voted for him. Some of those will be because they couldn't vote for Biden. Some of those will be because they always vote Republican. But a lot of those will be because they voted for Donald Trump. And the fact that he got record numbers in voting, if you ignore Biden, compared to every other presidential candidate, says that there are a lot of people that like Donald Trump. And we can call them stupid. We can, we can you know, 
mock them and everything else. But the fact is, we need to be open to talking with those people and not just thinking because Trump's gone, the problem's gone. Because it's not. There's mm -hmm. a reason why. And, you know, they say that uh, one of the worst things you can do is leave a vacuum. And when Trump mm -hmm. goes, you leave a vacuum. And there are people willing to jump in and take all of Trump's supporters and and then take them further down the populist, nationalist route mm. that will make Trump look mild. So we have to be really careful to almost de-radicalise. You know, it, it, it is a cult and it's, you know, I used to be religious and that, so I understand how hard it is to come out of religion because even when you kind of go, okay, I can see clearly whatever it is that, that, that you disagree with religion, but actually, you know, I hear a lot of people say, I've come out of religion, but I still have this fear of hell. And I know that I shouldn't because I know it doesn't make sense. But there's always that what if. <laughs> and it's the same thing. People will go, well, you know, even if they start to come away from that Trumpism idea, they'll still have that. But um, Joe Biden's a socialist or the Democrats are socialist. And they still, well, you know, normal Trump's people. telling them he's a communist. Sorry. Well, and, and Trump stood you up ask there Trump and said what he was communist, a communist. communism or socialism mean, and he won't be able to tell you, you know. Socialism yeah. is giving bailouts to companies and individuals to help them through a crisis. That is a definition of socialism. That is the state helping mm -hmm. with tax money companies and people to get through. It's, it's you know, it's, it's... But he can use those words. But unless we reach out and talk to people who he's talking to and who are listening to him and believe him, then all we mm. do is just leave a space for somebody else to come in and radicalise even further, and, and that's dangerous. Well, it's interesting, the definition of radicalisation, isn't it, really? Because it seems to have come up more with the growth of the internet, where you get these odd people in their own house, in their own room, looking at the internet and becoming radicalised by the, the the rabbit holes that they're going down. And, of course, the algorithms are then feeding them more and more and more and they are becoming radicalized and it and if this is happening now on to the broader population who um whichever side you're on depending is the other side is the terrorist side you know it's sort of like is this the outcome of the internet and what can be done but this is where we have to be careful on on our side in quotes is that let's take vaccinations in the news at the minute, so the anti-vaxxer movement, because I think that takes people from the far left, it takes people from the far right, and it takes some moderate people as well, you know, that they're unsure about taking vaccinations, and especially the COVID vaccination, uh, sorry, coronavirus vaccination. And, and often what we say to people is, go, go, and, go, and, go and do your research. That's how you'll find out the truth, go and do your research. So they do, they go, Maybe they think vaccinations cause autism. So they type in vaccination, autism. And there's a chance they may get the stuff that debunks everything that's ever been said about that. There's also a chance they get the conspiracy theorist websites. And as you say, once you go onto one, then you go onto Facebook and Facebook knows you've been to that site. So it starts giving you posts of other things. So we tell people to go and educate themselves and do their research, but we don't tell them where to look. And we don't help them with, you know, knowing the difference between mm. what's honest 
decent research or honest decent opinion and what is conspiracy theory and made up and therefore you know an alex jones or a david Icke to profit from but we've told them to go and do that we say go and look for yourself there's an internet out there full of information if you want to find out the truth you can but when they search the things that we would search the truth again in, in quotes that they're given we that's the bit we don't know we don't see what they're seeing and so by telling people just almost lazily, you know, go out and look for yourself. They do that and they get hooked in by the people that are waiting for those that want to come and, and, and do the research and have a look. And they get drawn into it and they get given, you know, these you know, somebody who's a doctor of sock making. But as long as they can put doctor at the front of their name and wear a lab mm. coat, they look credible. Mm. So. I think that whether that's vaccinations as that example or whether that's about populism and nationalism and, and immigration and the benefits of immigration or what the eu stands for and i'm guilty of this as well pre-brexit vote is we have to be educated actually and we have to know what, why we have our positions because then we can we can mm -hmm. have a we don't have to just say to people no no vaccines are fine go and have it or go and do your research we can say no this is why and mm. if, you, if you go and look at this study this will tell you what it is with mm. brexit i i probably know more about the eu and what the eu is good for now than i did before because i didn't have to know before but yeah. by the time it was important it was too late for me to understand what the eu was oh not necessarily what the eu was but but how much benefit we we get from being within the eu yeah. within trading around the world you know yeah and so i think we have to we ha we have to know our positions first and and know why we're at mm. our positions and then we can help others get their position as opposed to just saying oh go and find out yourself and then you have david like they're going yeah come i'll tell you the truth about vaccines yeah i know well unfortunately i don't know whether there's just people who are susceptible because i've actually been having a open dialogue with a friend who is a conspiracy theorist and it's become more evident recently yeah. especially all of these things seem to connect up but he is now actually reaching the point where he said to me i'm what's the word prepping oh prepper now and he sort of mumbled it and then i had to say what i said i'm actually prepping because of the fear that's coming for him about all of these connected up things the the whole 5G and uh, vaccine and loss of freedoms and a global takeover, a global reset and this rabbit hole that he's gone into in so much depth and he's been watching what's happening in Germany where they actually have a different government system to ours. So I think we're a lot more, I wouldn't say wholly protected, but we do have a lot more safeguards with regard to it's a bit more difficult while Boris Johnson's got an 80 seat majority in the house but we do have the house of lords and they do now vote on each change in our freedoms for the for the pandemic yeah. so but in Germany they've been bringing lawsuits to challenge the government lockdowns because they are fighting for their rights of freedom and they're putting a lot of energy into that I'm sort of like I can't be bothered I'm like we're just yeah. going to get through this and I'm not a conspiracy theorist to think that I just can't believe anyone would give up their freedom without a big big old fight 
um, in this country, if we thought this was something that was going to be imposed on us forever, it would be, there's no way, it would just be, but if you, if I listen to him, he says, but he says, but Ginny, but Ginny, and he is full of fear and, and terror and I can understand where he scared. comes from because governments, recent governments have used things like terrorist legislation to increase the use of things like stop and search. So if, I'm not going to say the police, but if a police officer, because I think it can be an individual thing, sees somebody acting in a way that they don't like, but they can't put any real suspicion of crime or anything like that, they can search them under the Terrorism Act. Now, even mm. the Terrorism Act says that you have to have a suspicion of terrorism or an impending terrorism attack, or that somebody's acting in a way that um, is, is terrorist, of you know, reconnaissance or something like that. But often they, they, they say, well, you're acting suspiciously, so that's my suspicion that you are a terrorist. Even when it's blatantly obvious, mm. it's not. And even if somebody's accounted for themselves, if they don't like... But they will use that to... If you get stopped by police, unless they arrest you, you don't have to give them your details. You don't have to give them your name, address, date of birth. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying one of our freedoms is you don't have to identify yourself just because somebody asks and they're wearing a uniform. They have to have reason. But again, that's another way that they'll use the Terrorism Act as a way of of curtailing that freedom of anonymity when you walk down the street and being able to walk down the street without being hassled. They'll use the Terrorism mm. Act just to find out who you are and what you're doing without any great suspicion. Mm. So I understand the idea of government using one thing to overreach for something else. So then you have to ask, are they doing that now? And if they are... Are they doing it blatantly? Would they be as blatant as this? Now, I don't think they would. But I also know, and again, not being conspiracy, but I also know that this government has used the pandemic to give a lot of money to their friends. So it's not... I, I understand why people look at the big picture and say, well, why wouldn't they? But why wouldn't mm. they doesn't mean they would. But I think I think there's enough evidence that that is there to to make people suspicious of this government especially but in general government's motivations for taking certain actions um i but i don't think that applies to when it comes to the tier system and and the lockdown system because i think they would have just locked us all down and made it illegal to be out and they they would have mm. made sure it was policed heavily you know i think they are trying yeah. to get that balance of not going too far and certainly not, you know, prosecuting people unless it's a real massive breach. Yeah, I'm not exactly uh, paranoid about losing my freedoms at this stage in the game. But I do understand exactly what you're saying about this government. Because, for example, with the um, internal market bill, yeah. now they're trying to shove through these changes to the agreement, which is illegal, what they're trying to do, because they signed an agreement. And um, they're trying to do it so that they can override the uh, devolved Scotland, Northern Ireland, Welsh government's powers to make their own decisions. And it's a snide way of saying, oh, this is going to protect us. This is going to protect us. Um, we've got to make this decision. It's going to protect us. And there's going to be 
uh, is going to clarify everything. And yet the devolved governments are clear that what, what the government is trying to do is take back control to Westminster to decide what to do yeah. for um, projects which should be decided by the devolved. And they're talking about, they call it the, what do they call it? The thing that they, the framework, the framework that they have always built on has been um, to negotiate each thing with each separate um, government, Welsh, Irish, Scottish. So they, they work on these frameworks and they negotiate each one. But if they um, get this uh, internal market bill pushed through, that takes all that back to Westminster okay. and they don't have to go out to each region to negotiate stuff. They just say, right, you're having this much money and you're going to spend it on such and such. Yeah. So they're very, very... Um, so you can understand why, um, why people will have suspicions about lockdowns and tears and stuff like that. I think the question you always have to ask is, who benefits and what is the benefit? So when it comes to like the contracts and, and rushing them through with emergency legislation, yes. the people who benefit are themselves and their friends and maybe their stock prices. And, you know, you can clearly yeah. see with what you're talking about, who benefits, it benefits them because they you know they, they get to control the union a lot more especially the union yes. at, at the moment where they they need as much control over the union as they can get um when it when it comes to the example i gave who benefits well it's that police officer because they get to get your name and address it's information that they want and is useful to them um even if they're not doing anything nefarious with it but it's a right for us to remain silent and anonymous so it's that interplay when it comes to who benefits from us wearing masks or who benefits from us locking down you could go to the extreme and say well the benefit then can they control us all and if that but actually they lose out because economically they lose out if mm -hmm. they go too far they lose power you know it, mm -hmm. there is no no one who benefits from it other than <laughs> keeping people alive which i think is a a bigger benefit than all of those yes um I, I, think, I see what I see what you're saying, but it's like I'm not paranoid about the lockdown scenarios, no. although it's extremely annoying yeah. and I'd want it to be over. I'm not I am more paranoid about the subtle, insinuous insinuous is that word? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um little changes that they're trying to push through with the least amount of attention that's, that's the um, thing. because those make major differences over the long run and perhaps people's attentions are taken away from what's going on there in government because they're fussing over whether they can wear a mask or whether they should be allowed to go out with more than six people and all of this stuff is going on while all of this important stuff is going on with with, with brexit i think so. I think just the last thing on freedoms, I think one of the, the, the most beautiful ironies <laughs> is that a lot of the backbenchers on the Tory party who are saying, you know, you're taking away our freedoms. We are a free country. You shouldn't be taking away our freedoms, you know, just because the government wants it, because certain people want our freedoms to be taken away are the same people that stop you and me living and working in 27 other countries. <laughs> just and that are ripping our freedoms yeah. because it's the same brexit erg group yeah. um that that don't want us to have those freedoms don't want freedom of movement don't want us to be able to go and work in another country as part of an agreement but then we'll moan when they can't go to the pub i know it's there are so many things about it all that 
it's just so nonsensical. Like I heard on, on the radio, the briefing room, I think it's called, they were discussing Brexit and they said that basically we've had 30 years of negotiating every single aspect of our trading relationship with the EU, which is on our doorstep. And now all of a sudden we've got to unscramble 30 years worth of negotiations for every single part of every trade aspect that we've ever had with them. And it's like, and they still aren't even anywhere near it. And it's going to happen in a matter of weeks. And let's say, two weeks. even let's say, best case scenario, that we get a free trade agreement with Europe. Now, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what we've had. But let's say we get a free trade agreement with the EU. By not being a member of the EU, we've still lost about 70 other trade deals. You know, we, we don't then sign up to all of the other trade deals that the EU has around the world that we have had as part of being a part of the EU. You know, they, as a group, we all agreed these trade deals with other countries where we get a good deal because it's a 360 million person market or whatever, whatever it was. So the best case scenario is we can still trade with our biggest trading partner, but we still lose out lots of other trade. And, you know, these trade deals, is it with Japan where we get the scraps of the EU, you know, so whatever the EU doesn't take from Japan of the quotas of stuff that they're allowed to trade, we're allowed that, you know, but it's it's still reliant on that. So, yeah, even a good EU trade deal still isn't anywhere near what we could trade with globally around the world and the trade deals they're making at the moment are either continuity agreements so they are the same as eu ones or they're worse because they are based on the eu being front of the queue ridiculous but they'll still get their union flags out and and and, and sing royal britannia and and pretend it's a success I, I was listening to somebody, I can't remember his name now, MP, um, always called him the quiet man. What was, Ian Duncan what was his Smith. Name? That's the one, I can never remember never his name. Um, he's... the quiet man. He didn't last, he didn't last <laughs> long after that either. That's when he was um, leader of the That's Tory party, wasn't stuck. he? Yeah, I can never think of him now apart from that name. Think of irritable yeah, bowel syndrome, yes IBS, and then just change it to IBS. <laughs> it's a good mnemonic that I, uh, that I have. Yes. Um, he is irritable, irritating. He was saying yesterday that um, the EU better make a deal with us because they sell 54% of their produce into the UK. But if you turn that round, it means we receive those goods because we need them. Yeah. 54% of the stuff that we need comes from the EU. Exactly. But it's you know, that mentality, it's they like, need us more than we need oh, them. No, they don't, because they will sell that elsewhere. The they will, you know, they will sell it elsewhere. They, or they'll... Yeah. It, it's not like that they'll... Yeah, it, it, it's not even... These are the people that have been telling us, oh, you know, it's all about negotiation and, and you know, this is how negotiate. Remember, negotiations always go to the last minute and it's fine, it'll mm. all be sunny uplands. And now they're having to say, fish... Which is mm, such a small fish. amount of our GDP. That's 5%. not that I want to put any fishermen out of work. But no. if you fishermen that are there now fishing today would be better off or just as well fishing on the same terms in January. You're not taking anything away from them by agreeing something with the EU. You're just keeping how their fishing rights are now. Yeah. And 
70, I think it's something like 70% of the fish that we catch, we export to the EU. So, great, you can fish wherever you want in these waters, but you've got no one to fucking sell it to because we don't eat the bloody stuff, We get, despite our yeah. reputation. We send most of it abroad, mm. and the fish that we do eat, predominantly, we import. <laughs> how bizarre, how bizarre. So unless we're all going to start eating our own fish, but then it, I, I don't know what fish is caught around. the I, I, Scallops, I think, are, are caught around our waters. Um, I, I couldn't know. tell you where haddock and cod come from. I, I don't think they come from British waters. I could be wrong, but I don't mm -hmm. think they're, they're, they're native. Um, ah, it's, it's, it's... The other thing, the other lie that they keep putting out in Parliament is that we'll leave on an Aust Australian Which field, is WTO, which isn't is it, the... pretty much? It yeah. is. It's, it is WTO, but they don't want to stand up there and say that because then people will hear yeah. that. And the lazy people that will hear the Australian deal will think, oh, we've got the Australian deal. And again, you might deal. as well say, we're, we're going to get an Ugandan-style deal because I think it's pretty yes. much the same thing. But yes. they choose Australia very deliberately. An Australia points-based system. Uh, sorry, immigration that's an Australian uh, points-based system or an mm. Australian-type because they go for an Anglo-white country. as the mm. They, We can mm. be like this Anglo-white country and they're fine. They won't use other countries yeah. that are predominantly not of the same demographic as the, the, the people who voted Brexit to curtail mm. our freedoms. Well, I don't know. It, um, friends of mine are prepping for Brexit now, not prepping <laughs> because they think we're losing our freedoms. Get as much brie in as you can. Because, <laughs> prepping because they think there won't actually be They've been reading up and find that um, there may not be enough chemicals here to clean the water that we drink. But the problem with that is even if you buy hundreds of bottles of water, it's not a long term solution, is it? So, you know, how many bottles of water can you buy? But I, I kind of get it because if uh, if our water's not clean, you're not going to be able to go out and buy a bottle of Evian without it costing a fortune because of the tariffs that it uh, yes. <laughs> that it costs to get it from from there. We'll all be but drinking water you know, from the Brecon Beacons. Buying... Yes, it's oh, it's hard to know. I'm not really a hoarder as such or a prepper. Can't be bothered. I always think, oh, we'll get through I it. I make we sure I've got enough pasta in the cupboard in case I forget to buy some up for <laughs> yes. dinner. That's That's about it. I can't be doing with going and buying loads of stuff, but I am I am being supportive of my friend because I can see that they are really have really got themselves quite worked up about yeah. it. So I'm trying to be supportive, but without really, it's not pressing my. I can see that there will be a problem because they're talking about all these lines of of lorries and lorries that have um, perishable produce will not will choose not to be bringing it to the UK because of the perishable nature and all the paperwork that's required. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say is, because it's interesting how we speak about things, that the, I guess the word is compassion, but maybe that's not the word, that you have towards your water buying prepper. <laughs> <laughs> Apply that to the other prepper as well, because it comes from the same thing. It's what they're hearing and what they're being told whether we agree with mm -hmm. what they're being told or whether we think that will happen. It, it's the same process yeah. that's happening on both ends of the spectrum. Um, one may just seem very alien to us because it's not the stuff that we're hearing, but it's the same process of them yeah. being told stuff and worrying about it. I'm a bit, 
I'm a bit naughty actually because I I don't know what how you describe it. I keep I keep the lines open with this conspiracy theorist friend yeah. of mine because I want to know the thought process yeah. that's going on and because I've known him for years I can contextualize him. He isn't a nutter fruitcake. Uh-huh. He has just gone down these rabbit holes. He's a professional person. Yeah. Educated. And is now extremely uh, freaked out. And that's what happens. I say it's the same process, whether it's... Whether it's a Donald Trump supporter, whether it's uh, an EU supporter, whether it's... It's different, but it's the processes are the same. Whether it's a religion of you take your pick which religion whether it's a cult whether it's somebody who follows what Gwyneth Paltrow says about wellness you know to the T it's the same process and there's usually somebody making money Mm. at the top of it as well but it's the same process that they go through and I think sometimes we kind of have sympathy for those that are the same as us but have gone a bit further than those that are on the opposite mm. side and have gone further that way. Yes, you are right. I mean I'm I'm not just patronising him by But I think in general, not not even just open. with him. I think just in I'm, general as a society yes. we need to be kinder to almost what I was saying about Trump supporters when Trump goes. As a society we need to be kinder. Yes, well I I wish you were doing your daily broadcast again because I've got um I don't know if I've sent you a link to his account, but there's a broadcaster on Periscope who is a teacher for sanity, he's called. A teacher for sanity. And he's, he is a teacher in real life, but he goes on and he is so patient. He, he encourages the Trump supporters to come in and um, challenge him. And he stays so calm and so patient. And it, it, I, I, I'm amazed at his patience. And I love listening to the debates because they go on and on and they really get to the nitty gritty of the people, what the people are basing their ideas on it and they don't always resolve obviously but I, I just think having that having somebody with a very calm approach to be able to take people through and say well maybe maybe that could be the next evolution this. of our podcast is we get people in that we disagree with or that might think ah yeah you know that that disagree with us and to have that conversation yeah. not to try and change each other's minds but to have have the conversation yes. I follow a, a radio show which is a, an atheist um atheist show it's a, it's a broadcast, I should say. But and you get fundamentalists often phoning up and arguing with the hosts, and the hosts argue back, and it can sometimes get heated. But but often it's it's conversation of a type, and it never ends with either side saying, "Oh no, I you're right, I'm, I've changed my mind." But listening to um, there was a, a great host called Tracy Harris who no longer does it, but she she was an amazing speaker and when, whenever she kind of spoke and debated it was like watching somebody play chess because you think okay she's asking that question but you know she's about five steps ahead in her brain of where she's going mm. but i think it was her that said when i have these conversations i'm not trying to change the mind of the person i'm speaking to i'm just yeah. aware there are lots of people watching that i'll never meet i'll never see i'll never listen to who have questions and that are listening mm. to this with a bit more distance than somebody on the phone who's there to prove their point and they're listening mm. they're hearing what i'm saying and and they and maybe mm. maybe that's how we get through to people it's not the person you're speaking to it's it's the people that are listening and that are there and i think it's it's an important thing to remember but yeah if um i'd always be up for if anybody wanted to join us on this to 
Yeah, definitely, fun. I would too. I'd be very good. And going back to what you said, interestingly enough, the last um link that my friend had sent me, I clicked the link and it's it said to support this campaign, please pay now. There's always there's always a money. It's it's one of the first things I look for when I hear be it a new you know a, a new fad or a new a new thing is is number one I always look for t- I have this thing called what I call my bullshit detector and quite often <laughs> I hear something and I'll go something's not right about that so I research it a bit more and I, I but I look into so one of them was about a particular type of diet I won't say what it was because yeah we don't, we don't know who's listening but it was about a particular type of diet and it was mainly meat based and I have, I wouldn't say friends, but people that I know that, that had spoken, that using me and my daughter, who are both vegetarian, weren't vegetarian at the beginning of this year. I know, I know we've done 2020 without meat. Wow. <laughs> what a time to Bye-bye. start. Um, <laughs> is she, because of how this other diet had been sold to her, she described not me as a child abuser but described it as child abuse and i stayed very calm and i wasn't there when that comment was made it was made about me not to me so i looked into this diet and everywhere you look it's the same it always comes back to the same doctor so it it always comes back to one person even if it's other people selling the idea the idea comes from this one person and this is a person it's why i made the joke mm. about a doctor of sock making because this person had what sounded like medical qualifications, but they were qualifications that had nothing to do with the thing he was selling. He mm. was a, you know, you could say, I'm a doctor of, yeah, I'm Dr. John Smith, and here's what I'm telling you about diet. But then when you look into his doctorates, mm. you realise that they were from, uh, you know, Trump University, and he was a doctor of <laughs> something completely irrelevant, you know, a, a doctor mm. of something. And whenever I got back to him... I got back to either selling products, selling books. It, it would always end in a sales pitch. And I think if something's that good mm-hmm. that it always has to end in a sales pitch, I'm very suspicious. That, back to that, who benefits? Um, yeah. I can't remember how we got down. Brain fog just set in. <laughs> Post-COVID brain fog. <laughs> well, I can't remember why I went down that tangent. Well. but um, <laughs> You've done very well today. And, you know, we. I don't want to tire you out because you have... Uh, you know, now I have to make the most of you when you've got some energy and you can fit us in. So I need to get on as well because um, I've got stuff to get on with. Life doesn't so stop. We better put... No, but we've managed to catch up a bit today. Rambled all around the houses. Brexit and uh, Trump-Biden. But there Trump we are. Maybe, maybe next, if, we, if we so... aim for next week again, go back to our regular scheduling. Oh, let, let, then, let's, uh, let's do that. We can be a bit more I'm just so happy. focused on, on I'm something. I'm happy to see you. Yes, I'm happy to see your smiling face. Thank you. I'm thank glad you to be able to. Thank you for joining If there was one good for... thing about COVID, it was that I lost uh, half a stone <laughs> while I was ill. So. I know. Uh, not, yeah, a half Amazing. a stone result. So that's still going well. <laughs> good for you. Well done. That's positive ending. Well done. And thank you for listening. If you've joined us, thank you so much. Look forward to the next time. Bye for now. Take care. Bye.